Welcome to the Fearless Female Entrepreneur Podcast, where you learn how to set aside your fears and limiting beliefs and step into the entrepreneur you are meant to be. Hi there, I'm your host, Katerina Cormas, mindset and confidence coach for female entrepreneurs and your personal cheerleader to success. I teach female entrepreneurs just like you how to identify and overcome your limiting beliefs and imposter syndrome mindset, step into and ignite your confidence and unapologetically show up in your business as the fearless entrepreneur you are born to be. Each week, I share the wisdom, tips, insights, and motivation you need to overcome doubts and obstacles holding you back from success. You will walk away feeling empowered and ready to take bold action towards your goals and dreams. So if you're ready to build the life and business you dream of, let's jump in. Hi, y'all. Welcome to the Fearless Female Entrepreneur Podcast. I am so glad you are joining us today. I am excited to introduce you to Nicole Saunders. She is a personality and strengths-based business coach for female identifying entrepreneurs. Hi, welcome. Hey. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah. So tell us, I know that you and I... um, met through clubhouse actually yeah um about a couple months ago yeah i've been following you on instagram ever since and so tell us a little bit about yourself and about your business and yeah 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 so i'll give you a little bit of history um so i started at undergrad decided i didn't want to leave undergrad so i went to grad school got a degree in college student development so I could work on a college campus and um, spent almost a decade working with college students. And I absolutely loved it. Like I love seeing their transformation and just helping them with programs and events, all the fun stuff outside of um, the classroom. So I was not a professor. Um, I actually worked at a culinary school and people would ask me all the time, like, oh, do you teach how to cook? I'm like, nope, I don't even like to cook. So nope, that's not me. But um, so I just love that. But things changed in higher ed and it ended up, um, yeah, I mean, higher ed changed a lot, um, but my office went from an office of four to an office of two within two weeks, and there was no, yeah, it was, it was bad. Um, there was no, it, you know, way out, really. There was no, hey, you're going to grow. Um, so ended up leaving um, March 2nd, or March 2nd, 2018 was my last day, um, but in February, I signed up for my um, Pinterest mentor, I ended up watching a Pinterest business. I w- signed up for her course. It was a thousand dollars course. I never pay, you know, paid a thousand dollars for anything. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, this is a lot of money. But I got three beta clients and I was like, okay, I can do this. I had another client as like a VA side. And yeah, I ended up just like jumping off the cliff and figuring out how to make wings on the way down, you know, that saying. But um, yeah, so I did that for almost three years. But in January 2021, I decided I was it was time to pivot. I was I wanted to do it last year. Things happened, but um, this was it. I was on Clubhouse where you know we met, which is great. Uh, and I was like, you know, we're all new here. This is such a new thing. This is the time. If I'm changing, it's now before people know me on this app. So I said, let's go. <laughs> you know, exploded the bomb and blew my business up and. <laughs> was like we're launching this thing so early January yeah I decided to fully embrace the personality and strength-based business coaching because it really still allows me to use my master's degree I still get to use my experience as an entrepreneur and I get to work with women and I get to see them just you know transform and that's what 
really excites me is seeing the impact that I have on somebody and not just being like another person on their team or somebody behind the scenes or, you know, on a computer, you know, I didn't see that with Pinterest. Yeah, I'm good at it. Yeah, you know, I I know I helped them save time and this and that, but it wasn't transformational. Mm -hmm. And I missed that. So I went for it. And yeah, I've been so lit up since then. It's been really good for me. It's, it feels like a good fit. I mean, I met you on Clubhouse mm-hmm. and I honestly, what you told me, you just pivoted in January, 2021. I'm like, no, she didn't. Like, <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. so confident. And I guess probably from working with your clients um, with Pinterest and you were already in their business and you were working with them. So you, you had your own personal, like understanding mindset and uh, understanding how business works. Yeah. So it wasn't as hard probably as dramatic as pivot as you're going from nine to five higher education to, Hey, I'm just going to start my own business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll be honest. There were some thoughts about it. It's like, well, I don't know. Can I pivot to this? I've, I've been so successful at this, but I really got to the point that I was like, so bored. I was like, I cannot say this P word anymore. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, I, I was like, Oh, if I have to talk about Pinterest anymore, I'm literally going to explode. And it's so fun. I mean, I still have clients and I love them to death. Like it's not them. It's just like, man, Pinterest gets like, for me, I need something new. And every person I get to work with is a new puzzle for me to kind of figure out and, and help them see um, themselves and their business through the lens of personalities. And I really enjoy it. I mean, that's what I got to do with my students. It wasn't business, but it was like, how do I work with my student organization team? How do I work with this? How do I plan an event? And I mean, it was just, it was a lot of fun. And now I get to marry the two and it's the best, it's the best of both worlds. Yeah. 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 And you know, I think you're such a great example for your clients because you followed what felt good for you. You know, I, and I remember being a nine to five and people being like, you're so good at fundraising. And I'm like, but I hate it. You know, people <laughs> like, you know, go for the next promotion or go, you know, climb the ladder. And I'm like, but I'm miserable. Like in yeah. any business where, where entrepreneurs really like struggle and hit resistance is when they are trying to do things that they just don't enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. And I used to be into Pinterest, right? Pinterest, when I started, I blogged and you know, you blog yeah. and Pinterest and that's how I grew my list. But I don't really use Pinterest much anymore because I like, like for me, I learned so much about myself in my business that I like being visible on Instagram, right? That's my thing. And I think it's getting to know who you are and -hmm. what you like and being okay with that. Yeah, yeah. And not comparing to the next person. Like I just did a reel the other day for International Women's Day. And it was like, let me tell you the ways that I'm a better business owner than you. And I pointed and to nothing because it's like, there are none. Like Mm -hmm. we've got to quit comparing ourselves. Like, especially because it's like, we look at these big celebrity entrepreneur names and we're like, oh my gosh, I'll never get to that level but you're comparing how many years, how long have they been doing that? Like that, they might be on chapter 100 and we just open the book and it's blank, you know? So it's like, who knows how many team members they have, you know, like they might have professional camera crews in their home. Like that's not me. Like, you know, and, and I'm okay with that, but also they didn't start there either. You know, we all start from blanks from zero so uh, it's really like we get called up in that and it's like well she's doing it they're doing it like do I need to do this too and it takes us back up it takes us away from what we really need to be focusing on yeah I think I wasted years 
the first three or four years of my business. Like, you know, looking at Marie Forleo and all of her mm -hmm. perfect videos and being like, I don't, I need the perfect stuff. And then I went back and watched like two years, three years into my business. I watched her first videos where she's like cross-legged and shorts on her, on her couch with like her phone propped up or her computer on her lap. And I'm like, okay, that, that's where she was 10 years ago mm -hmm. and I'm here, but, um, that comparison itis and that, you know, looking at other people is, it, it actually, it doesn't move your business forward. It doesn't, no, it, it actually takes you away from what you really should be focusing mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know you commented cause you've been redoing your office and I've been working on mine and um, I had posted a picture and I'm sitting here right now. I got a nightstand. I got a plastic chair I'm sitting on. I got a stool on top of my nightstand. I got my laptop on it, but you know what? It works it and works. you don't need to see the rest of the room. And I got all my junk on my nightstand. I got all my pens and my crystals and my, you know, my water, whatever. But the thing is, I'm not, I'm not actively showing that. What yeah. we see on social media is just the tip of the iceberg. We're seeing people's highlight reels. Yeah. Nobody wants to show the bad stuff because one, it, it shows them in a bad light and, and some stuff we need to keep personal, want to keep personal. But two, it, when you post negative stuff and complain, that repels people. Nobody wants that. And so it's hard. Like, I mean, even working from higher ed, like I thank God never had a student commit suicide or die at my college that I was at. But, you know, I read a lot about students like this track star at Penn State. And I mean, she jumped off a parking deck because she compared her social media to other people. Oh. And so like we can really get, yeah, it's, it, I mean, we can just get so down and beat up on ourselves. So like, I'll just say this because I feel like I need to because uh, coming from a helping um, career, but like if you're struggling with that, if it's that dark for you, go ask for help because it's okay to ask for help. All that is wrong with you is a chemical imbalance in your brain. And that is not your fault. That science and, and medicine can fix that. So um, you're not alone and, and we want you here on this earth. So I just have to put that out there because it's just like people's lives mean so much more than Instagram or a pretty picture or a video or whatever, you know? Well, and I think it makes, you know, life and business hard. I mean, I'm 41. So I remember the years where there wasn't social media and like it, yeah. you didn't have to, when you opened a business, like all you had were the yellow pages, the white pages and newspaper ads and word of mouth coupons, flyers, things like that. You could you really couldn't look at another store because there really weren't that many stores, right? There were, if you opened yeah. a salon, it wasn't as if there were 14 to look at and you could go online and look at them. Where now you're just bombarded all the time. And what happens is you forget to focus. Like for me in my journey, is that it was kind of like I was so busy looking at everybody else, I totally wasn't connected to what I wanted. And I was just mm -hmm. trying to do all the pieces that everybody else was doing because I got to do it that way. And I lost my voice. My business didn't grow. I was unhappy. I was doing like offering programs that I didn't, I was like, I didn't, yeah. even, I didn't even talk about them because I was like, I don't really want to do this. And then you're like, oh, they're not successful. Why didn't this work? Is it my fault? But you didn't even care about it. So you yeah. didn't promote it. And it's like, well, it wasn't aligned for you. And, and a lot of my coaching is about that is, uh, is about, you know, we have these people and, and they're amazing, like Amy Porterfield and Marie Forleo and Gary Vaynerchuk. And, you know, they're, I'm so glad they're successful. Great for them. The things they do, though, may not be 
the best thing for you or me to do. You know, like I remember a couple of years ago, about two years ago, Amy was on this big kick of like memberships. And I was like, oh, I need a membership. I need a membership. I need a membership. And my, my coach at the time was like, you don't need a membership. And I was like, I, I will tell you, I'm making a membership. I'm going to do what I want to do. <laughs> well, I did my membership and I cut, I turned it off two months later. I hated it. Yeah. It was not for me, you know? And I think we look at these people and we're like, again, they're so successful. I need to do what they did. Yeah. Well, their success worked for them and their personality and what they had access to. It may not work for me, you, whoever's listening to this because it doesn't fit with us, you know, whatever. Like I was just talking to somebody earlier today. I, I had an agency model at one point in my Pinterest mm-hmm. business and I got away from it because I didn't like it. I didn't like managing other people and being like, hey, did you do this? Like all the time, you know, and I would, and I, I mean, maybe, yeah, I'm a control freak a little bit, but at the same time, like I would rather charge more and have less clients and yeah. then I don't need an agency. So yeah, I think it's important to know who we are as individuals and then take what we need instead of getting like, oh, I need this, I need this, you know, chasing that shiny object. What's what's the hot thing now? Yeah, so. yeah. Shiny objects is a great word because that's what happens. Yeah. And so let's chat a little bit about, because I know you focus on like self-sabotaging habits and mm-hmm. and which I think we've all done in our business. <laughs> I was talking <laughs> recently about my, I have a fear of, fit, a fear of success. And I'll up level a little bit and then I'll hit fear of success again and it'll stop. And then I have to work through it. Like, and then I'll do the self-sabotaging behaviors of staying in the struggle because, oh, if mm-hmm. I make more money or if I take on more clients, like all of a sudden I freak out. But what is really, you know, behind, let's chat about a little bit, like what's behind the need to compare? Because it eventually is, it kind of becomes like a like not an obsession, but like whenever you go on social media, you're like, I got to, fo- I got to see what these people are doing. I got to mm-hmm. see what their posts are. I got to see what they're doing. If, like, what is, what do you, what is happening when that, when people get into that cycle? I think sometimes it's just easier to be like the world's against me. This isn't going to work because have you read that book on, uh, I can't remember the name. It's orange. I think. Yeah. Um, how to get on effed up or something yes. to that extent. Is that one a Seth Godin? I don't think it's Seth Godin. Um, it it's has a, a similar, uh, I know what you're talking about because it's a similar co- cover to one of Seth's yeah. books. They always get them confused. I'm going to look it up I while I'm thinking about it. It's on my Amazon wish list. <laughs> yeah, I I actually listened to it on, oh, it's Uneff Yourself by Gary John Bishop. Um, yes. mm-hmm. It did have an orange cover at one point, I feel like, but I listened to that book in the gym and I think he brings up a really good point. We have trained our brains. We're essentially winning because we, we want to be successful. So when we continue to fail, we're, we're, we're winning because it's like, I don't know any different. So I want to fail because that's all I've ever done. Um, it, he talks about it so much more in depth and all the science and stuff behind it. It was really cool to learn about. Um, but I think it's easier to be complacent. Like, you know, I have a lot of friends who are still in higher ed and I make my, I mean, the past two years, I've more than doubled my salary that I used to make. I mean, higher ed isn't the best uh, career field for money, but I know it's like, it's so easy to stay here because I already know what I'm doing. I don't have to like, I, I just have to have a pulse and show up. And I mean, I could have done that at my old job, but I literally got to the point where I hated it. And so 
when you're at that point, it's, it's a little bit different, but you could be complacent and just be like, you know, I'm, this is fine. I'm, I'm okay with this income level. I'm okay with this. I don't want more. I don't want to pay more taxes. I'm, I'm scared of this. I'm scared of that, but it's, we all want more. I think it's just hard to do the action sometimes. Yeah. So, you know, like you were saying about the fear of success, I I do something and then it's like, I get knocked back a little bit, but you know, I think when we figure out what that thing is, what we're scared of, then we can work through it. So, you know, and, and no, no success story is straight and linear, you know, it's up and down. It's like a roller coaster. And, you know, if we got to take 10 steps forward and two back, well, Hey, we're still eight steps ahead of where we were. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I always think of those lottery winners that, you know, they win the 300, $400 million, right. Or whatever. And they're bankrupt within like a year or two. And it's because the mindset of having that money, you would think, oh my gosh, I would love 300, but your life changes, even though you your life doesn't, you might, you're still you. Nobody can really envision having 300, $400 million, right? Like there's yeah. more complexities, there's more tax bills, there's more possibilities. And I was talking to somebody about this recently as an entrepreneur, because, you know, when you're in your nine to five, Somebody give, creates the box for you. This is your role. This is what you do. Mm-hmm. This is the hours you work. And then all of a sudden you go out and this is how you make money, right? You're going to get your check every two weeks. Great. And then you get out and you don't realize as an entrepreneur, how many possibilities there are. Yeah. And you see everybody out there like, oh my gosh, look at Rachel Hollis is doing. What is Marie Forley doing? What is Gabby Bernstein doing? What is this person doing? What is this person doing? And all these possibilities and like when you win the lottery, like all of a sudden the possibilities you could do with this money, it's it's kind of just easier to get rid of the money and go back to what you know. Yeah. And I think that's what happens as an entrepreneur is that it's kind of like in a way shutting down because the world is too big and the possibilities mm-hmm. are too much. And we're not really ever trained to deal with that because in school, we're told exactly what to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know when I was in school, I mean, heck, even five years ago, if somebody was like, oh, you're going to be an entrepreneur, I would have been like, huh? <laughs> what? What do, what do they do? Run gas stations and nail salons? I don't even know what an entrepreneur is, you know, like, yeah, you know, they have that as majors now in colleges, which is just baffles me because especially in college, I would have been like, what the heck? Do you make up your own business? Yep. Oh, Okay. My dad was, has been an entrepreneur my entire life. And I never thought of him as an entrepreneur ever. Yeah. He's his own business. We used to answer the phones at the house. Like that's the house <laughs> number was the number his clients would call on. But I never, until I think I was, I think I had my massage business maybe a year that I kind of like, like put two and two together. Like, oh, he owns a business. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So what do you, what do you, when you work with your clients, what, how do you help them over um, comparisonitis and shiny object syndrome? And how do people find what works for them and get comfortable with that? Yeah. So I think the first thing is knowing like at the end of the day, what do you want? Like, I don't, you know, do you want a lazy river in your yard? Okay, cool. Let's figure out what the steps are to get to that. Or You know, do you want to be this big celebrity or do you just want to live comfortably? Like, I don't care what the goal is. Just tell me. 
Um, so we worked through that and figured that out, but also take the lens of their Enneagram or their Myers-Briggs type, so the MBTI. And that helps me understand who they are and how they operate in the world, how they perceive it, what their biggest fears are, what their core desires are. Um, so then I can help them develop the plan. So every individual is different. Like I just worked with an Enneagram one um, two Mondays ago. Um, and we, you know, work on the coaching call and she's telling me about all this cool stuff she's got going on. And she's like, and my dream would be to do this, but I'm, I'm searching for my corporate job. I want to go back to corporate. That's all she had ever known. And I looked at her like, why, why do you want to go back to corporate? You know, you've had all these interviews. You're not getting hired for, for some reason, not to say that you're bad at your job or a bad person, but I think the universe is trying to tell you, you need to do this thing literally. And, and again, Enneagram one, she didn't need all the steps of how to launch a business, how to go get an LLC and all this and that. She needed someone to believe in her and look at her and say, you are smart. You, you, people need this. Like, and, and there's a saying, it's like, you can't read the label from inside the jar. She thought everybody else knew all this stuff, like how to develop an app, how to do all this, like, you know, whatever tech stuff, SEO, like anything tech stuff. And I was like, people need this, like, especially women in creative fields. They don't care about the tech stuff. They just want it to look pretty or look this way or be a specific thing. But she has the knowledge to help them do that. And I was like, people need this. Literally, we got off the phone a couple hours later, maybe six, seven hours later. She texts me and says, I got my first client. Literally, the, by the next Monday, she has launched her business, has three or four clients, a website, like literally, like all she needed was somebody to believe in her. Now, that's, that's an anomaly, I will say, compared to say an Enneagram 7, who's very creative, but they don't like the, the non-fun stuff. They want to have fun all the time. They avoid the pain. So, you know, I've worked with an Enneagram 7 recently. And she, I mean, she has an amazing business, but she's like, I haven't set up all my tax stuff. I haven't done my LC and this and this and this and all the like behind the scenes stuff that is the foundation of the business. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, you know, that makes sense. So we've got to get this done. So you can either outsource it, hire it out. So you don't have to do it if you have the money or two, figure out how you can have it stack that. So you're getting that stuff done, but you're still doing it between your fun stuff. You still get your creative outlet, but this stuff is important. Even yeah. though you don't like it, it sucks. I don't like taxes either, but we have to do it as business owners and entrepreneurs. So that's where I help people figure that out. And then, and then you know, maybe it is the mindset. Maybe it's self-sabotage. Maybe it's like, hey, I have insomnia and I get up and I think about my business, but then I look and I'm like, dang, I should fold this laundry. Mm -hmm. That laundry is not an income producing activity. Right. Yeah. Regardless. I mean, unless you're employed as a house cleaner. That laundry is not an income producing activity. But there's a reason I mean, my husband avoiding doing yeah. work. I love how you work with, because I feel like it's so new for people to realize that. And I love that, you know, Myers-Briggs has been around forever. Mm -hmm. Enneagram has been, I don't know how long it's been around, but it's more recent that it's been talked about. Human design is another one that's, it's, that's being talked about more. You know, I think for the longest time, people just thought people were people and we're all the same and we all learn the same. You know, I remember years ago, the love languages, like fi mm -hmm. finding out your love language. It's the same thing in business. It's to say we all, we all like feel appreciated in different ways. You know, we all function and see things different in different ways. And I, it was when, so I'm a Myers-Briggs and I always get this, I'm an I 
INFP. I always say J, but I'm a P. Okay, <laughs> I'm an INFJ, so that's cool. But whenever I ask to say J, and then I look it up, and I'm like, no, I'm a P. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I've known that, never really understood it. I'm an Enneagram four. Um, Me like, too. Okay, this is <laughs> makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> and I'm a human design manifesting generator. And so the more, it's funny because the more I started to just research, and I'm like, wow, we all have, it's kind of like we're all pulled in different, like I'm all about, fours are about wanting to feel like we have a purpose and aren't being understood and kind of not feeling outside, like an outsider, but also feeling, wanting to feel different at the same time. And so, you know, um, but it, and it's another reason why comparisonitis doesn't work or shiny object syndrome, because we're all different and we need to all approach our businesses differently because we all have mm -hmm. a completely different mission in life. And we're given, you know, I always think about our experiences are so different and our our skills are so different for a reason and for our purpose. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, people like they're, you know, that Dale Carnegie book about like winning people over or how to sell or something like that. I don't know. I've never read it because it's all about how to be an extrovert. Basically. I'm not an extrovert. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I don't sell like that. I, I mean, sales are important and you got, it's a, you know, it keeps your business running. But I sell based on relationships because people are important to me. It's not a number. It's a person. And, you know, especially being a four and an introvert, like, I want to know the person individually. I, you know, I want, I want to know your deepest, darkest desires. Like, you know, what do you think about the black hole in the universe? Like, let's talk about the deep stuff. I don't care about what the weather is, you know, like, and then that's us. That's the four. That's the. Um, I uh, struggle with like things like memberships or even for me, I can't sell a self-study course because I need to know what they need. Like I need to work with them one-on-one. -on -one. And if somebody just buys a cell, like I want to, but at the same time for me, it, I never feel like I'm helping somebody because I can't see the help. Yes. And I think that's part of the reason why I needed this transition to this business to be a business coach. I need to see that transformation take place. Yeah. I can't just be like on this box on this, you know, aluminum piece of computer and be like, okay, I guess I helped somebody out today. Yeah. No, I need to see it and feel it and and, and get fulfilled by it because that brings me energy. And, and, you know, yes, I'm an introvert and I typically don't get energy from people, but when I see the impact on somebody, oh, I'm just like on fire. Like, so yeah, that makes, this makes my day. It's like, all right, I did my job and I love it. I, I yeah. Clients I haven't worked with in years that I still follow up. I'm like, hey, how are you? Or I follow them on Instagram because I mm -hmm. want to know. I can't just forget about them. I want to yeah. know how they're doing. I have a student and um, we've stayed in contact with, I'll, I'll, I'll say he's a friend now. You know, it's been a while since I've been in higher ed, but we just chatted this week. I was like, hey, let's do a coffee chat, you know? And we got, we went over 15 minutes. I, I introvert again, you know, I like to keep them short and sweet it was about 30 minutes. He goes, I know you got to go. I know you're busy. And I'm sorry. I just talked about myself. He's an extrovert, but I was like, it's okay. I love learning about you. I love seeing what's going on. And I loved, you know, hearing about your, your new business now. And, and that, you know, the impact that I had on you as a student is still there. Yeah. Like to know that it's been years down the road, but yeah, it was, it was really cool. I was like, we could talk about me later. I'm, I'm more good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So 
So you encourage when, when you work with people or, or even for any entrepreneurs, do you encourage them to get to know themselves through Enneagram, Myers-Briggs? Definitely. Or, or some framework, whatever it is. I'm, I'm not as familiar. Yeah. I'm not as familiar as with a uh, human design. I'm starting to learn about it. You know, a lot of people don't know about disc or strengths quests or true colors, but there are so many assessments out there. It's just whatever resonates most with you and, and what's easiest to understand. Um, I know for the longest time, it took me a while to get on the Enneagram. I was like, it's so popular now. I don't want that. Spoken <laughs> like a true Enneagram four, right? Uh, I don't want to get in the, the trend. trend. Yeah. Um, so it was funny. And I was like, this is so hard to understand. There's nine types. And I was like, but I was all about Myers-Briggs and it has 16 types. But Myers-Briggs doesn't have, you know, these wings, these subtypes, all these other crazy layers. But whatever it is, like, you know, we could have the same Myers-Briggs, same Enneagram, same astrology signs, same human design. But it's a layer. We're like onions, you know. And we could still be, we're still two completely different people. We may, um, you know, we have different backgrounds, different upbringings, different religious beliefs, socioeconomic statuses, different races, like people are people and that's why we should celebrate them. And, and, you know, whatever the framework is, you know, I don't care, you know, let's pick one. But right now people know Enneagram and Myers-Briggs, but, and those are the easiest, I think, to see the world, understand the world um, and help people understand themselves. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'm still getting used to it. And I I want to, as a coach, I think, you know, you listening that are coaches, um, it's interesting to find out your clients mm-hmm. and Myers-Briggs because you can understand, yeah. you know, I realize I see the world as a four, right? For me, it's mm-hmm. all about purpose, but a two or, you know, you know, a nine, they're not yeah. going to see the same. They're not going to have the same pole and the same, mm-hmm. in a way you kind of, your like your Enneagram also, we each have different, we can have different limiting beliefs but there's kind of like a different reason for the limiting beliefs mm-hmm. based on the, yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, honestly, for a while I was like, am I really a four? Like, because there's the thing about like, we fear being abandoned. I don't have that fear whatsoever. Um, my thing has always been, I want to be the most unique, but I also don't want attention. Like, okay, how does that work? I'm, I'm complex. You know, my sister is an Enneagram eight, which is, the, you know, they don't like being controlled. They like to have the power kind of thing. She's very blunt. I I call her Alex Baldwin as a joke because she is just, she can be that mean, but, and I struggled thinking I was an eight for a little bit too, because I'm a four wing three. And if you know about subtypes, I'm a subtype one-to-one, which is sexual. Uh, That's what they call sexual. I I call it one-to-one because I feel like it sounds a bit nicer, but Basically, the Enneagram four wing three subtype one to one is the most air quote cruel type on the Enneagram. And oh. someone told me to start using competitive as the word instead of cruel. But <laughs> I realized there's such a big difference in my sister and I. No emotion in her. Me, I'm over here crying. You know, so it's it takes a lot to make her cry. So you know, once I compared that, I was like, yeah, I don't mind being sad. You know, like I don't mind the feelings. So. Um, that helps to know like, okay, you know, we all have a little bit of each type in us, but what is most natural and easy? So yeah. Yeah. The triggers basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the way we function and, the, you know, and I think that's so important. I think it's so hard 
when you become an entrepreneur and you are like the whole, like there's, you don't know what you're doing. I mean, let's be honest. None of us have any idea. <laughs> and the only way to We're learn still is figuring it out. Others, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you learn from others and that's where comparisonitis starts because you're like, well, mm-hmm. I, they must know what they're doing. But then it really is detrimental to you. Eventually you don't realize what you already know and you stop mm-hmm. leaning on yourself and you start to lean on. That's where I got into like $12,000 worth of courses and coaching oh and gosh. whatever over like, you know, it was over like eight years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you think of like all the things that you buy into because you're like, well, mm-hmm. I need to learn how to do a membership. And I, oh, I totally need no branding and I totally need this one. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this one's only $200. I can buy that course. See, I'm so cheap. I'm like, I'm smart. I'll figure this out. I will YouTube it because, you know, <laughs> And nothing's new. It's just, this is, this has been kept behind a gate. You can figure everything out. And I mean, you know, maybe I'm giving secrets away. You can figure out what your personality is and all that. You can coach yourself, but are you still getting the results at the end of the day? I think it's accountability and results. And that's why I like the one-to-one. But for me, I mean, and this, I just struggle with this. I'm like, why do I want to invest in a course that one, I know I'm probably not going to finish. I just pick and choose what I need from it. And two, I get mad every time I buy a course because I'm like, well, I already knew this, this, and this. Like, what did I really gain from this? And, you know, I think people get caught up in that and they're like, oh, it's only a hundred bucks. It's only 200 bucks, like whatever, you know? And I think that's fine as long as it's not, hey, I'm going to buy this course to learn this new thing so I can avoid doing the work I need to do to make the money. Yeah. That's where the issue comes up. Yeah. It's basically procrastination, avoiding, sabotaging. It's like, I I don't know enough. I'm not good enough. I need to know this, this, and this. But y'all, I mean, I literally sold my my first group program I ever did. And I I only wanted five people in it. It was like a thousand dollar ish program. I sold it on a Google doc. (laughs) Like, you know, I mean, we don't need all this fancy stuff. Like, you know, especially when you're starting out, like, do you need these, you know, email marketing systems that cost hundreds of dollars a month? probably not you just need a system like it doesn't have to be fancy it just has to work and work for you and there are some coaches that I know that make millions that they use PayPal they do everything DM me if you want into this program DM me DM me and they don't have the sales page the funnel the whatever and they just they just do it that way and Mm -hmm. it works and I think that's something that's so hard because what people see are the pretty stuff People yeah. see the things that have people that have the 12 team members, one works on funnels, one works on the video, one works on the podcast, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you see that you're like, well, of course I, I need the pretty website and well, I need the pretty graphics and well, I need the sales funnel and I need the upsell and I need the order bump. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But listen, you can't sell all of this stuff, whatever stuff is until you have an audience. You've yeah. got to build the audience first. You got to be visible. Um, you can't just be like, oh, I'm going to have this, uh, you know, this low cost offer and it's going to be $27. Like, you know, the, the slow funnels right now are huge, which is the um, self liquidating offers. Um, so it's like, you know, 19, 20 bucks, whatever. They're huge right now. And they have been for about the last year. I tried that. I hated it. Like, because the thing is you need an audience when yeah. you're a service provider. You just need, you need well, an audience, audience of one. spend a lot of money on Facebook ads in order. Yeah. yeah. And like that audiences take years to build. Even if somebody looks like an overnight success, they are not. Yeah. Like you just didn't see all of that stuff before. Um, I mean, it's like Lizzo, you know, 
a couple years ago, she suddenly blew up on all the charts and everybody's like, oh my God, she's an overnight success. She's amazing, blah, blah, blah. She is amazing, but she's not an overnight success. I mean, she worked her butt off for years and years and years. Yeah. And now it looks like an overnight success. So it's like, you know, and I get so up on this, like everybody's like, you have as many hours as a day as Beyonce. Well, yeah, sure. Everybody has 24 hours in a day. But I, one, don't have Beyonce's money. Two, I don't have, you know, I don't have somebody who comes into my house and gives me personal training sessions. I don't have a chef. I don't have a nanny. I don't have this. I don't have a driver. Like, whatever. Great for her. And I'm not downing her like, you go, girl. But the thing is, not all of us have that. And that's okay. You didn't start Mm -hmm. that way. I mean, she grueling work in the beginning, you know? She went yeah. through, she, she did her, you know, she did her blood, sweat and tears to get where yes. she was. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I remember, you know, uh, what a destiny's child back when I was in middle school playing on the radio. I mean, that was a long time ago, you know, and, <laughs> like, and before like the three of them, they was original members too. the first originally when destiny Childs came out, there was two other members then they left I don't even know that I'm old <laughs> enough to know this stuff <laughs> yeah, I mean it's like it's like she went through the growing pain she yeah did I mean she's been singing since she was a little kid and dancing mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I Those mean success is that and I get frustrated with the um your next ten thousand dollar month like as if ten thousand dollar months one are are what they really are. And two, that creates success. And I'll tell you when I was, I have my massage and wellness business and it never made 6K. It's very hard unless you're going to, as a massage therapist to make 6K, you're doing a lot of massages and that's grueling on your body. Are you, do you mean six figures? Yeah. 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 what I say? Six, okay. Six, yeah. Yeah. I was just checking. Cause I, I used to have this necklace that had six F on it. Cause six figures was my goal for the longest time. So yeah. yeah. But I remember you know, my, my old coach was like, why don't you ever talk about your massage business? I'm like, well, it's not successful because I didn't make six figures with it. And she was like, that doesn't even make sense. And I'm like, but because all I kept seeing was people talk about the 10, 10 K months and the six figures and, you know, multiple six figures. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, would somebody hire me as a coach if I didn't hit that? And it was definitely a mindset issue, but Mm -hmm. it was fed by everybody now is talking about six figures, six figures, six mm-hmm. figures, 10K month. 10, and, and then it makes you think when you're only getting, you know, I was, oh, I'm okay. You know, if you think about like, I do the, like the lifestyle, like what do I need to survive? Well, my, and my yeah. number is like 8,000 a month, right? And that should be okay if somebody's goal is only 5,000 a month, 8,000 a month. But when you mm-hmm. see it constantly talked about, it re- distorts your mind that you're not successful until you get to this level. Yeah, yeah. And and I mean, the first year I was like, okay, six figures, we're going for it. I was close. I didn't make it. And so the next year I was like, okay, I'm going to set an even higher goal and I'm going to get over six figures. So I was like, I'm going to hit 250,000 this year. Well, guess what? (laughs) Things happened. Like literally my dad died, COVID happened, like just life, you know, and, and that's okay. Like sometimes we just have to sit in that like sucky time in life, but I didn't sit there and say, I should be making what I made last year. I didn't even think about it because I was so apathetic at that point. But another thing I think people get caught up in, if they're, you know, if you're still working a full-time job that you love, you don't have to leave it. 
stay in it. It's yeah. probably, it's one, it probably lights you up. And two, you probably have good health insurance and, and you get to see people and interact with people. When you're an entrepreneur, this is lonely. We yeah. see people through computers, you know, like, you know, we don't get to hug people or be like, Hey, you want to go walk to Starbucks? You want to go get a coffee? Like, you know, I miss that about my old job, but I think people are like, oh, to be successful, you have to work for yourself. This has to be a full-time job. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Who said that? Like, what? Wh- why? Like, yeah. if you love your job, stay in it. You don't have to go quit it because so-and-so on the internet said to be successful, you need to leave your full-time job. Like, no, That's I tell people all, that all the time. Some of my favorite entrepreneurs that I admire have full-time jobs and their side hustle is how I got to know them. I mean, one of them loves her job. She works higher education okay. and she has a, a photography business making over six figures in the photography business, but she loves her full-time job. Yeah. You know, another one like works in the medical industry and she loves her full-time job and she does Instagram strategy, you know, on the side and she's fantastic at it, but she also loves her full-time job. And there's, it's, I think that gets down to being okay with who you are and what mm-hmm. you want, you know? It's like that old, like everybody's always like, what do you want to be when you grow up? As if, as if like there was like a understanding that it was one thing, but the thing is I had my massage and wellness business. I had my coaching. You don't have to, you know, I had a client recently when she started working with me, she loved to refurbish furniture and she does beautiful work. And then she finally quit her job that she hated. And she um, took a certificate in interior decorating and she loved that but she couldn't find the fulfillment. And then finally COVID hit, she couldn't get into people's houses mm-hmm. to do the decorating. And now she's- And when it becomes, yeah, when it becomes a job, a J-O-B, where yeah. you have to depend on it for income, it's no longer fun sometimes. Yeah, and know? then she just had to find her footing and her place because she, mm-hmm. I think, you know, you can do both things. You can do them both. But I think we're not trained to realize that we can do five things if we want. As long as we're having yeah. fun and enjoying the process- there's nothing that says we, ha- there's one way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think too, like, you know, as a millennial, we're, we've been raised that we can do anything we want. I mean, I remember McDonald's commercials back from the early nineties, you know, it's like, you can, you can do whatever you want. Like, you know, I just, I don't know why I remember that. Um, probably cause it was like, Hey, subliminal marketing. <laughs> <Like our laughs> prize. Um, but, you know, and my parents raised me that way. You can do whatever you want. We want you to have a better life than we had. You're going to college. Like, you can do whatever you want. And I mean, like, I went to a liberal arts school. So, of course, I'm going to dabble in everything. Mm-hmm. And, and I still love dabbling in everything. And and sometimes that can be a problem. I mean, multi-passionate, you know, it can get us distracted. And, Actually, um, yeah. you know, we have to focus on the business, the thing that makes us money. And, um, you know, but, but who's, you know, I, I started doing pottery in the fall. I'm no longer doing it because I've gotten so busy, but, um, you know, I did it all fall and people were like, oh, you should sell your stuff. You should do this. And that I was like, one, I don't want to ship it. And two, as soon as I make it into a business, well, also three taxes, hello. Um, but it was like, as soon as you start making it a business, it's no longer fun. And I was making stuff because it was kind of a grief therapy. It was an outlet for me. I just wanted to make to make, I didn't care if it was ugly or pretty or, you know, whatever, some, yeah. museum piece like it's a joy it, for you yeah. yeah once it's no longer a an outlet or you know fun like if I was like nobody's buying my stuff I must really suck at this you know then it's like is it it 
is it even fun? Does a, does everything we have as a hobby have to be a money making right. activity? Yeah. You know, my husband and I, we hike and, and we finally were like, you know, we hike a lot. Let's just make YouTube videos about it. So we do that and we went hiking yesterday and it, and it was a lot of fun. But at one point I was like, is this a hike or is this because we need content, you know? And I mean, we, we absolutely had fun, but it like, you kind of got to think about that too. At what point is this thing worth more than just, you know, spending time outside with my dogs, you know, but yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Um, but it, <laughs> I was like, by the third time he asked me if I was having fun on the trail, I was like, are you going to ask me again? Is, I mean, is this for the camera? Like, yes, I'm having fun. Decide. We get to decide what mm-hmm. role everything plays in our life. We get to decide where we live, what we want our life to look like, how we want to work. Do we want to work in a home office? Do we want to work in our backyard? Do we want to work from a beach? Do we want to travel? Maybe we don't want to travel. Maybe you want, you want to live in a cottage. Maybe you just, you know, want to enjoy life and have yeah. a business and you do that for a bit, but then you do something totally different. Um, and, and success is different to everybody. You know, yeah. your success, your income goal may be completely different from mine. And that's okay. Because, you know, you know, if it's, t- if you're like, okay, bare minimum, I need to make 8k a month, my bare minimum, I live across the country, it might be 6k a month. I don't know. I'm just pulling out numbers here. But it's like, you know, what is success to you? And, and granted, here's the other thing. I don't have kids. I don't have a bunch of bills and this and that. Like, you know, I think a lot of times um, moms are like, you know, they do everything. Like, when do they get breaks? I mean, they don't even get breaks when they go to the bathroom. And I don't have kids. I just see that stuff, you know. I can't imagine living it. But it's like, don't compare. Like, don't. Yeah, it's. And I know we say this and, and we we still do it, I'm sure, you know. And and I that's one reason I had to get off Clubhouse for a while. I preached this stuff all day, but I got on Clubhouse one day and I was like, we got on here at the same time. This chick has 10,000 followers and I'm still at 3.8 K. Why? And I was like, okay, grow. What can I do to grow? Let's get on. And I was like, Nicole, stop. Like, take a second. This is not you. You never care about numbers. Sure. Numbers are great. And they, they can get brand deals and this and this and this, but I don't care about that number. That's, I mean, even when I chose my university for undergrad, I wanted to be a name. I want people to be a name to me. So like when I chose my college, the chancellor knew my name before I was even a student. Like, I mean, it was a really small campus, 3,500 students, but it's like, that's what I want. That's how I interact with the world better. I like, I like to be, you know, known. I don't want to just be like, oh, here's follower 10,000. Woohoo. I got swipe up. (laughs) Okay, my dog has like my dog has swipe up on her on her account. She has sixteen thousand followers. That's great if great if ten thousand people are actually going to swipe up. But you know how many people I know have ten that ten thousand dollar ten thousand follower feature, and they don't get anybody downloading Mm -hmm. their stuff. They still have the same. I I mean, I get an Mm -hmm. average of like somewhere between twenty and fifty likes on my posts. Yeah, yeah. Instagram, but like I see people with like tens of thousands of followers on Instagram and they still only get like a hundred to 150 likes. And I'm like, you, yeah. I have 1200 followers. They definitely like, bought some followers there. Exactly. You know? <laughs> and it's funny, like Storm's account, it's great. And people interact and they love her and they bring a smile to her day. And that's, that's all the account was made for was to share pictures of our dogs. You know, they all have their own account and we don't care about the followers on it. You know, the one thing we have gotten from Storm's account is we got a free trip. Okay, great. But I haven't made any money on that account. Like I make more money on my own account and I have a fraction 
Yeah. I have I have a fraction of what she has, you know, and it's it's about the individual, that connection. It's not about, you know, I have 110,000 followers. Okay, well, great. Do you know any of them? Yeah. That's Do you really know any of them? I, mean, there, I feel like, I feel like as an entrepreneur, even if you've been in it for a while, there's just so many hurdles that you're constantly having to it's kind of like you mentally have to tell your, like you have to consciously have a conversation with yourself, like put yourself in check, like check yourself. Uh, all right. Unfollow that person. You're getting competitive or, mm-hmm. you know, all right. Why are you aiming at the number instead of your engagement? You know, why are you, you know, it feels like along the way we do, is this what I really want? I, rem- I you know, that's probably one of the most powerful questions as an entrepreneur is, is, you know, anything is this podcast, what you really want? Is this email what you really want? Do you really want to do, we talked about the membership. Do we want, do I really want a membership? Do I really mm-hmm. want to host a mastermind? Do I even want to be on Clubhouse? And I took a break as well because what I, I started to find myself in rooms with the same people and then yeah. I would constantly look at their followers to see, well, how many do they have? <laughs> and yet I didn't get on Clubhouse to get followers. I got on exactly. Clubhouse to, to share my knowledge or to interact and meet people. And all of a sudden it became like, how many people in this room followed me on Instagram? Or now I have to DM all these people. And it just became like, it was so competitive. And I was like, well, that, that put that on hold for a bit <laughs> to like yeah. check myself and get myself back to what's important to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's what is the most important thing to you? Is it spending four hours on Clubhouse or is it X, Y, Z? Is it spending time with your family? Is it hiking with your dogs? Is it going to the gym, reading a book? Whatever you like to do. What is most valuable in your job, like in your life? Mm -hmm. Because we created these businesses for more freedom, right? At the end of the day, we wanted to be able to do what we want. If we want to go to Target at 2 p.m. on a Wednesday, we can go. But if we're not chained to these things and and you know all social media I, I mean even gmail which we don't consider social media they are designed to keep us on these apps they are designed that way they make us feel bad because we haven't got enough likes or this or that and and i recently found this tiktok and i just loved it it was like and i recreated it because it was so good it was like i only got 30 views on this video but you know what if 30 people walked in this door right now I wouldn't know what to do with myself. It's like, so true. <laughs> like, especially as an introvert, if 30 people showed up at my house, I would be like, oh, no, what, what is going on? Is the world even like they all signed up for your one-on-one? You're, you'd be on one-on-one calls all the time, uh, 30, 30 of them. One, I mean, you, you'd be on all the time. That's so, and for an introvert, that's mm-hmm. draining in one month to take yeah. on 30 clients. Whoa, yeah. A- and, and it's all about that perspective. Okay. Well, 30 people like my picture. Heck yeah. If they show up at my door. So it's like, okay, let's flip that switch. Holy cow. 30 people, 30 real humans behind a screen like my picture. I've impacted 30 people in some way. Yep. Yep. You, you, you go overcome obscurity for those 30 people. They now know who you are. They now might all follow you. They might all start commenting. They're like become part of your you start to build a relationship with them and they become part of your loyal community mm-hmm. and they want to know more. And, you know, it's all about, I always think back business itself. When you strip it all away, we learned how to do business in preschool on the playground. Will you be my friend? Want to play mm-hmm. my sand, bu- my sand bucket? 
do you want to go on the spring swing with me? It's like the same thing. Like I go on Instagram. I make my connections based off of like coffee dogs <laughs> and like redecorating offices. <laughs> decorating offices or like, like having a conversation about it's usually in the ones that aren't business focused. I take the information from the business ones, but it's in the relational ones that the relationship starts to build. Yeah. And we make it so hard that business has to be so complicated. And that's when we let in, because we think that that's when we let in all the fears and the doubts. But if you strip it all back and be like, dude, you've been making friends since you were in preschool, you're good. Mm -hmm. And and it is. I mean, I tell people that all the time. It's all about relationships. And I know it's like people are sick of hearing like it's about who you know, you know, like in in sports in high school. Well, you didn't make the team because you don't live in this neighborhood and -and so-and-so knows their parents and this and this. But that that's what business is. I mean, that's, it's all about who, you know, so you have to get in there you have to play the game, build these relationships. And, and I mean, it's a great thing because you're building a friendship, you know, and, and not in an inauthentic way. Like don't just go get to know people for something that, cause you want something, go get to know them for a human. And at the end of the day, at the end of the conversation, you might leave that conversation and be like, wow, you know, I need to share this person with, with, my business bestie, because they're looking for somebody just like that to hire. You just never know where it's going to lead. And especially as women, we, we get our self-confidence and our self-worth from our relationships, from the people we interact with, where men, they get it from their job. They get it from their career. And not to say that we as career women, you know, entrepreneurs, we, you know, we sure we get it from all of that too, but it's about the relationship. And, and especially for me as an introvert, I don't just walk up at like a table at a networking thing and there's like 10 people there and like, Hey, how are you? No, I sit down beside one person and I'm yes. like, Hey, do you mind if I sit here? Okay. And then, and then build it. Like I, I, I'm very strategic about it. It's not, you know, I'm, I'm just going to enter, you know, put myself in the middle of everything, yeah. but it's like, the relationship, if you walk away from whatever it is, you know, if it's a virtual summit, if it's an in-person networking, if it's a meeting, whatever, the one person focus on one, like, and, and, you know, you walk away and it's like, yes, I I did my one, like, you know, make it, make it kind of a game. Like I had to tell my student that I I talked to the other day, um, we connected and, um, it's been years since we've talked and, um, he was like, I just hate getting no's, you know, I call people, I have this CRM and he's in real estate. I said, make it a game. Give yourself a star. Every time you get a no, make it fun. Like when you flip it again, that mindset, like when you're like, man, I get another no today. Heck yes. Because the more no's you get, you're going to get a yes eventually. So it's like, make it a game. know that they might've said no now, but you don't know you're already Mm -hmm. in their mind next time if they need it or need your service. You know, I met somebody on Instagram. I had a manifesto at one point and I had posted, you know, so, you know, if you want this, drop your address in my DM and I'll send it to you. And so this girl did, I I don't remember how she followed me. I don't know how she found me. Mm -hmm. And it turned out when I got her address, she lived around the corner for me, (laughs) literally like around the corner. And we became friends. We met up for coffee. She's now my realtor to help me sell my house. Like she like, it's been years, but like, it was just like some random connection on Instagram, probably from like a local hashtag because she's a local realtor. And it's just amazing. Like you just have no idea. You know, I met, we both know Jillian (laughs) O'Keefe. I met her through member vault, which is what I use for my membership and my my courses and stuff. 
and I met her through their community and then we became friends on Instagram and mm-hmm. you know like you just have no idea like the, the six degrees of Kevin Bacon like you have no <laughs> idea <laughs> all the well, connections you're gonna make yeah let me tell you a funny story about Jillian so when I left higher ed, you know, and I was like, get my business started. I was going to acupuncture. My acupuncturist gives me this post-it note and writes down this podcast and it's all up in your lady business. So I listened to it. It's Jessica Sansbury and Jacqueline Malone. Well, I, I got real involved in their circle and I mean, they're amazing women. And, you know, and at one point Jacqueline was like, Jillian, you should reach out to Nicole and see if she'll be your accountability partner. So like, you know, from going to acupuncture, I then had an accountability partner, you know, a year later, like it's just, it's really the connections and the people and like, you know, Jessica and Jacqueline probably don't know who my acupuncturist is and she probably never hired them for anything, but she listened to their podcast, yep. you know, like there are hidden people out there that you're still impacting. Like whether you know it or not, you're impacting so many people. Yeah. My hairstylist getting my hair done and she's like, and she follows me on Instagram and just randomly she's like, I would, cause she just went out on her own. She's like, you inspired me. And I'm like, she's never been my client. I mean, I go get my hair done and she, but she follows me on Instagram and it's just, you just never know what people mm-hmm. are hearing, what takeaways they needed to get the fire to do the thing. And yeah. that's just our job in life. I think all of us, if you're going to start a business, you know, your business might have this program of service, but your reach and your perspective and what you say go so much mm-hmm. further. Our mission just is in our business. Our mission, yeah. us as a human, connecting. Yeah. 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 And it's really cool too, because, you know, we sit here and we're like, I'm not good enough or I'll never be to this level or I'm not on that person, you know, what they're doing. But when you think of the stories like that, you know, with your hairdresser or with Jillian, it's like, wow, mm-hmm. wow. Like, that impact, it, that's a ripple effect. Yeah. We don't see it. We might get to experience it a couple years down the road, but we just never know. That's why we can't give up. Well, you know, like you cannot give up. Like you got to keep going. As long as it's bringing you, you know, you're passionate about it and you're having fun. And, you know, like, of course, some stuff, you know, we do need to cut off, but uh-huh. it's like, if you're, you know, if you're, if you're passionate and lit up and, you're on this earth to do this thing keep doing it because eventually it's going to be successful it's kind of like it has to it happens behind the scenes without you realizing it and then one day you see it Mm -hmm. right so many times you know a lot of coaches that I know they've been on Instagram for years posting 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 but their clients actually come from not the people that are engaging not the people that are liking them but the people that have been stalking and lurking and just watching and just watching the videos, but they're not commenting. They're not liking, they're just like back there. And then yep. they become clients. And it's like, so you don't know a lot of people. It's not like they see you when they buy. Sometimes they have to see you for five years before they're mm-hmm. ever personally ready. And that's not about you. It's about when your people that you're meant to help are ready for you, but yep. you're there and they know you and they know your name and they know, but it's mm-hmm. a readiness. Yeah. 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 I had somebody that was like, Hey, Nicole, I'm ready to book Pinterest now. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not doing Pinterest anymore, but I can uh, refer you to somebody. It was so funny. It's like, you know, it's just like, wow. <laughs> it takes, sometimes it just takes a while, but yeah, I mean, it's, you just never know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was such a great conversation. I think we touched on a lot of the obstacles we all as entrepreneurs 
are up against. And I, I like that we kind of debunked some of those myths that we all still get caught up in even knowing that they're myths. Mm -hmm. They all kind of still, and the newer entrepreneurs, they're going to, it's kind of like that hits them right in the head and having to mm -hmm. overcome those and, and re realizing how you are unique and you're needed. And it's all about what you want in the end and what feels good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, what, do you have any resources? I know you have a clubhouse resource, right? I do. Um, I have a wait list for my clubhouse crash course, um, which eventually it'll be coming out. Um, I keep being like, okay, I'm going to do this. But um, I started getting the thing, like, I was like, I think people think I do clubhouse and I just like clubhouse. It's not like, Hey, I'm, I'm a clubhouse coach, you know? So, um, yeah, I have a clubhouse course that's coming out eventually, but right now my, my big thing is this biz quiz. So it's to see if you're in alignment with your business. Um, and it walks you through all of these questions and you can see like, okay, am, am I doing this because I just need a client or, you know, whatever. So um, if you want to take that and see if you're in alignment, it's um, www.saundersays.com forward slash biz quiz. Okay. Um, so, yep, it's a, it's just a few questions that walks you through it and then gives you some tips at the end. So, yeah. Alignment is so important. I love that. Mm -hmm. Cause, and, it, and it goes back to the personality. Like if you're just doing things because of everybody said to do it, you know? Yeah you're not going to get anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're going to be on that struggle bus for a long time. <laughs> be a long climb up that hill. Uh, awesome. I'll put that, um, I'll put that link in, in the description as well Perfect. so that people can click on that. And where can they follow you? Yeah. Instagram's the best place to find me. Cause you can get links to everything on there. And my Instagram DMs are always open. So come say hello if you've listened to the show and let me know that you listen. Um, but I'm at Saunders, S-A-U-N-D-E-R-S underscore says, S-A-Y-S. So um, yeah, I, I hang out there the most. So Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I so enjoyed this chat. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> of course. Me too. Thanks for having me. I, I know we were talking before the, the interview started and I was like, oh, I'm kind of tired. And now I'm like, oh, I'm all jazzed up about personalities <laughs> and business. Isn't that funny? When you get really into that conversation, it gives you that energy. Yeah. That's what business is like. When you're doing the exactly. things you love to do. When you start to fall in love with engaging with people, I love now to just get on mm -hmm. Instagram when I'm feeling kind of funky and just start to comment on people and like things and interact mm -hmm. and I get my energy back up for sure. Yeah, 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 that's fun. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And thank you all for joining us and uh, we'll see you all next week. Bye. Hi, lovely. Thank you so much for listening to the Fearless Female Entrepreneur Podcast. I want to invite you to join me over on Instagram at TrueJoyExperience. That's where I share how-to tips, inspiration, and my own personal stories on how I gained the confidence and clarity that helped me leave my 9 to 5 behind and design a life and business that I love. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you can receive the latest episode right to your phone each week right when they launch. Finally, if you are ready to become the fearless female entrepreneur,